Super Talk Mississippi media production. Moondog Makers and Bakers Catering Services. Taking ordinary to extraordinary. Personal and home private nights to massive events. From wood-fired pizzas to full gras. Get your three-pack spice blend of Moondust, Mooncrust, and Moonrocks. Hashtag what is Moondog? Familiar food done differently. What's up? Good to see you on this Tuesday night. History was just made in baseball. and I'm going to start off cynical, and that's okay because that's who I am. I'm going to start off cynical tonight. Aaron Judge hit 62, and, and that's, that's great for the people that want to convince themselves it was something that it's not. But anyway, anyway, that's finally over anyway. We can stop hearing about it. and. Uh, stop having our college football games getting interrupted, which I guess was going to happen regardless. But hey, hey, it happened. Finally, it's over. Welcome in. My name is Michael Borky. We're going to be talking college football tonight because that's what we do always on here during this time of year. Glad to see you guys. What I'm going to start with, I will give you a thought on this uh, this judge thing because he did allegedly make history tonight. So we'll start with that because why not? Then we'll transition to the challenges that I think similar but not so similar challenges that uh, Ole Miss are facing this weekend with Vanderbilt and Arkansas. Uh, two very different uh, opponents in terms of quality, but a similar challenge that these two teams are up against this weekend. I'll start with those things, then we'll just get to your messages uh, glad to see you guys. Sorry I didn't give you a heads up on Twitter. just went live, which means you should subscribe and then have your post notifications on so when I go live, you will know. You don't have to wait till I tweet it out. It just happens for you. So please, please, uh, subscribe to the channel. Michael Borky right there. Subscribe to the channel. Like the video. That would help me a ton. And um, uh, click the notification bell. Click the notification bell. So... Here we go. Aaron Judge hit number 62 tonight. And while I understand if you think that this is purer than McGuire, Sosa, and Bonds, I understand if you think that this is more pure than that. I really do. But I am kind of exhausted by the morality play that some people in media are doing. I've already seen it. This is the undisputed home run king. The, the, it's Aaron Judge. This is be, like the, these people that are trying to talk themselves into thinking that Aaron Judge's season this year is more impressive than the better seasons we've seen in the past because we don't know for sure right now that he is using performance-enhancing drugs. 
He is a naturally gigantic human being. He's probably not. We don't know for sure, but he, he may not be. Look, I, I understand that baseball is supposed to be this romanticized game that's filled with uh, purity and honor and respect and all this stuff that, that people so often like to attribute to baseball. I get it. But we all have eyes and we all have brains. And we all watched Barry Bonds hit 73 balls over the fence quite some time ago now. But we all saw it happen. I was young, but I remember it vividly. Stop trying to convince people that what Aaron Judge just did is somehow better. Morally, if you want to if you want to try to pretend like like you are morally superior to the people that had more fun watching Bonds hit more home runs, that's fine. But you're fighting a losing battle if you think that the majority of people think that what Aaron Judge just did is somehow better. Because it's not. Maybe it's cleaner, sure. But he's got to hit 11 more tonight to get to what Barry Bonds did. Is this cleaner? Does it make you feel better? That's up to you to decide. But the record for most home runs hit in a Major League Baseball season is 73. History was made tonight because it's the most home runs hit by a Yankee player in the American League. But 62 has been surpassed six times. We have eyes. We have brains. We saw it happen. Maybe it feels a little worse if you want to pretend like you care about that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, the balls were over the fence. The records stand. And so when you're doing this, remember where you were when Aaron Judge hit 62. I won't remember where I was. Because seventh place isn't significant. But I'm not going to try to sell you guys that I'm morally superior. Or pretend like what Aaron Judge is doing is better. Because I remember the Bonds and Sosa home run chase. And that, for baseball, was better than what just happened today. All right. So that's that's it for that. I'm done talking about baseball. Uh, I think ESPN completely and totally missed the mark with the, the cut-ins and stuff. They have no idea what their audience actually cares about. They have no idea what the average sports fan actually thinks about this situation because the baseball purist or the person that wants to pretend to be a baseball purist is acting like tonight is some significant thing. But most people don't care because most people remember Bonds. Uh, so I'm, I'm just glad it's over so we can get back to football season, which is what most people care about. So Ole Miss and Mississippi State this weekend, the challenges that they are up against, and they're two separate things. I am not saying that Arkansas and Vanderbilt are the same team. I am not. But the challenge is this weekend, I think, are, are somewhat similar. Take Ole Miss, for example. That was a top 10 team in their place. Big emotional win. Close game. Got the strip sack to seal it. Everything all offseason, all season pointed to the Kentucky game. Hell, their coach even called the first four games preseason games. So Kentucky was it. So now you have to decompress from that win, and you have to go on the road to what will be likely a sleepy environment where you have at least half the fans in the 
50% full stadium. Might be a little bit more than that. Ole Miss fans do travel well to Nashville. There will be 10,000 or so Ole Miss fans, maybe even more, um, in Nashville on Saturday. But a largely sleepy environment, a much weaker opponent. Having to get back up for this game is going to be a challenge in and of itself. But Vanderbilt is better. Do they have the roster that can compete with yours? No. Does anybody start for Vanderbilt that would start for Ole Miss? Probably not. You're a three-touchdown favorite for a reason. But you have got to get back up and play well because if you play like crap, this is not some of the Vanderbilt teams we have seen recently. You've got to go in and play well, and it's just important that you do anyway, always. But to get this team to refocus and get back up for a game like this is certainly a challenge. And again, Clark Lee's team is coming off of a bye week. They are certainly improved. I'm not saying that Vanderbilt's going to beat Ole Miss because that would be silly. But if you screw around, they are competent enough to make you really uncomfortable. So it's going to be a challenge to decompress from a win like that, get up and play well this week because you have to. And for Mississippi State, it's a similar concept, right? I think that you know, they're an eight-point favorite. I think that's just. Arkansas is like the walking wounded right now. We don't know if K.J. Jefferson's going to go. They're being coy with that, but they are injured all over the place. Their pass defense is the worst in the SEC, one of the worst in all of college football, and they're coming into this game really banged up after an emotional loss to Texas A&M and a physical loss, emotional to, in some cases as well, to Alabama. So much better than Vanderbilt. But the challenge for State is playing the way they did again. Can you replicate what you did last week and be that again? Because State played well defensively. State played well offensively. They had explosive plays. They forced turnovers. They had a special teams touchdown. They had a defensive touchdown. Aside from penalties, they played a phenomenal football game. They, they really did. It, they, they played great. So can you, for what feels like the first time since Mike Leach has taken over at Mississippi State, play two games like that in a row? Because I think State is better than Arkansas, but that's going to be required to win this game, I think. They have got to play well in all facets of the game, which is something that they have struggled doing since he's taken over. Can you come off of the high of that big win Get yourself fired up and ready at 11 a.m. and play the all facets of the game quality football that they that they played last Saturday. Because if they do that, I think they win and win comfortably. But if they don't, Arkansas, despite being banged up, despite seemingly having you know like a little emotional, it, it, some it, it's a it's a weird vibe when you listen to the the Arkansas people. Right now, it's it's just a it's a weird vibe. Uh, but despite all of that, you know they're going to be well coached. If Jefferson plays, you know they've got a quality quarterback. They've got a good running game. Barry Odom is going to scheme his defense well against Mississippi State. So can they replicate that performance from last week and do it again? Because if they do, they will win. If they don't, there's a chance that they lose, and it's really that simple. So separate opponents. Different but similar challenges. Can Ole Miss decompress from last week and get up and play well again in a sleepy environment? Can Mississippi State ride that momentum instead of the roller coaster ride that they were the first two years of Mike Leach's tenure and 
put out two consistent performances against conference opponents in a row. We uh, we will see. Tim going out on a limb here saying Ole Miss will beat Vandy. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I expect that to be the case. But this isn't the Vanderbilt team from three four years ago. They are they are better. Uh, they they are better. Um, much better coached. They'll be tough. Good evening, Luke. Glad to see you. Um, I answered this. Uh, do I consider 62 to supersede the Bonsos McGuire record? I do not. I, I simply do not. Um, and it comes down to this, Luke. I, look, they, they wouldn't have used PEDs if they didn't think it gave them an advantage. I, I think I talked about this with you guys the other day. I certainly did uh, on the show. But we can't. It's impossible to prove exactly how much. It's impossible to prove exactly how much they helped. And of course, no steroid can make you locate a fastball, pick up a fastball and hit it. You know, you still got to hit the ball. And when people say, well, the steroids obviously turned warning track hits into home runs. No, no it obviously did not. You, you cannot prove that. It's impossible to prove. Barry Bonds in particular was an exceptionally great home run hitter long before the PED accusations and any proof of it came about. In 1993, he hit the third most home runs in his career, and he was a rail. He was tiny. He was a tiny guy. That was before he started beefing up. And then if you look at his record in 01, well, if was that the only year he was using steroids? Why didn't he hit 73 home runs in 2002? Why didn't he hit them in 2000 or 99? Because 01 is his outlier, really. Every other year in his career is more consistent with the beginning, before the accusations. 01 is an outlier for Barry Bonds. He was, every other year was as good as when he was still skinny, right? He was an objectively great home run hitter. He only eclipsed 50 home runs once in his career. Aaron Judge has already done it twice in six years. So if he was using steroids and it made him so much better, then why did it only happen in one year? Why was he as good in 93 as he was in 2000 or 2002? 01 is an outlier. And to me, you can't prove how much it helped or when it helped in an objectively great hitter was a consistently great home run hitter his entire career, long before any proof of accusations, I can't say what he did is tainted to the point where I can't recognize its existence anymore. I can't do that. I saw it happen. It happened. And I have no proof that the PEDs made that happen. There is no proof that it made that happen. It's all conjecture. It's all subjective. And and the number, 73, is not subjective. It happened. So because of that, I I recognize it. 73 is the record. But I, I guess I'm morally inferior. I don't know. Must be fun with your job having Ole Miss and State playing like top-tier programs so far. Yeah, Saturday was great. The last two days on the radio show were a lot of fun. This is fun. Um, It is so much fun. Hopefully they can keep it up. 
you know who could pass as a slight favoring relative of yours, Francis, from Barstool? <laughs> that guy's hysterical. Um, he's hysterical. They're, they're losing me, but um, the Sunday conversation, I think, is still phenomenal. Francis is good. Um, PMT's good. Um, I know Mintz well. He's the man. But all this other stuff they're doing, they're kind of losing me. They, they, it, it seems like they, their content is drifting further away from my interests, if that makes sense. They were just fine. You know, I'm, they're billing it as the AL record, so I guess that's fair. I still don't care, but I guess it's fair. If, if, if that's how they're billing it, fine. But, like, you've got people in my business, and, and Major League Baseball put out there that said, remember where you were. Why? Seventh place. What am I going to do? Tell my son, hey, oh, man, you, you never, I wish you could have seen it. I, I will never forget when Aaron Judge, you know Aaron Judge, when he hit the 60-second home run to make him seventh all-time in single-season home runs. It, it just, yes, the home run stuff is finally over with. This is the last regular season game, so the record, the, all that stuff. Is uh, is done. It is done. Thank goodness. Oh, Chase, it's fine. It's it's fine. I I think right now we're kind of spending a little too much time on it. I think we just focus on the games and, and all that stuff. Memphis Rebel says the purity and honesty of the sport of baseball went down the trash pipe when the Black Sox fixed games in the nineteen nineteen World Series. Yeah. And they need to let Shoeless Joe in the Hall of Fame. He belongs in it. I've got a personal connection to that. But, I mean, they've been doing it forever, man. I mean, you've got baseball movies that make lighthearted jokes that everybody laughs at about pitchers using sticky stuff. So are we going to start taking away pitchers' records because they had pine tar on their hat? Where does this end? Well, if, if PEDs help home run hitters, you know sticky stuff help pitchers, so every pitcher that ever used sticky stuff pull his records too because he cheated, and by God, we, we cannot recognize greatness from people that did that. Charlie says, roids don't make you a better baseball player. Still have to make the right swing with solid contact, and roids can't help, can't do that for you. Exactly. They can't help you with that. Luke says, for me, I had more fun watching McGuire hit 70 and Sosa 66 and 98 than Bonds' 73 season. Yeah, I mean, you know, two guys going after it's a, a lot more fun than one, uh, for sure. You know, and that's the thing that some of these purists are missing. That was the golden age of baseball. That That's, that's where they're so wrong when they're trying to convince us that what happened this year is better than what happened then in 98. Baseball has, has in my lifetime, has never been more fun than that. And there are people that are much older than me that say the same thing. So when people are going to turn their microphones on tomorrow and say that what happened tonight was better, they're, um, I can say this here because I don't have the FCC, they're, they're, they're pissing in the wind. It's, we all watched the home run chases. 
Bonds, Sosa, McGuire. We, we that was the most fun baseball's ever been. And so when somebody tries to convince you that this is better, it didn't feel better. This wasn't more fun. This wasn't more enjoyable. This wasn't as exciting. This wasn't must-see television. They had to cut into football games to get people to care about it, but nobody cared even when they cut into the games. It, this is not the same. And so people are going to try to convince you that it is, but you you remember how it felt then versus how this felt now. That was the golden age of professional baseball. Oh, but it's tainted. It was a hell of a lot better than what they are currently putting on the field on a nightly basis, that's for sure. Exactly, Jason. Exactly. The pitchers were using sticky stuff. We had Jay Powell on our radio show months and months ago and asked him about Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. And the way he described the prevalence of it in every dugout, how shockingly common it was that he was an outlier for not using PEDs. And that's why his career didn't last as long. He won a World Series, though. So he's got that ring. But just anyway, college football in Mississippi is bringing back 2014 vibes. Not quite, but it kind of, you know, it's like a poor man's version of it. Chase's Ole Miss play like an upper-tier program you're trying to become for the majority of, ignore last week, the true big dogs walk into inferior opponents and bury them by halftime. Are you top-tier? That's a, that's that's really good. Especially after beating Kentucky, right? What does that game mean to you? What does the Kentucky game mean to you? Is it everything? Is it like you won a championship and, and everything after that is no big deal? Or was it just another game? Because for the elite-tier programs you you put that to bed and move on because you've got bigger aspirations this is a this is a maturity test for for this old miss team this weekend it's a maturity test if they go in and they take care of their business and win comfortably it, it's a sign of maturity that that's a, that was a good way to put it Edward says it's going to be another 31-17 sleeper game for Ole Miss. I hope not with it being on the road. I don't think Ole Miss could just pound the rock on Vandy and score plenty to cover 18. They should be able to do that. I'm curious to see what they do with their second-half offense, and I have a feeling they're going to let Dart kind of sling it a little bit in this one, uh, just continue to get him more comfortable. Car of 2000 says, I saw what hap- Lane saw what happened at the Georgia-Missouri game. That's enough ammo for him to get the team up for Vandy. Yeah, I imagine that they really hammered that game home, maybe even made the the players watch it just to see in this league, even the bad teams, if you screw around, that's what happens to you. Paul says, my hogs are in for a rough day on Saturday. I'm afraid if KJ can't play, we will probably go with the two-quarterback system with Fortin and Malik Hornsby really beat up secondary, just read where we are moving a freshman wide out to corner. Things are rough on our back end. Only way we win is if we can run down MSU's throat and keep the ball away from state. Go Hogs. Injuries have just killed, just killed your team, Paul. Just just absolutely killed them. I would love to know what the feeling in College Station would be like, though, if that field goal goes in instead of hits the top of the upright. But yeah, I mean, I'm if this keeps up with Arkansas, I'm, I'm going to like 
for whatever it's worth, grade their season on a curve because of how beat up they've been. Edward says, with all the drama going on with the Tua fiasco and concussions, head trauma, how do you think Arkansas will treat K.J. Jefferson with the head injury he got if he's not 100% go against state? That's the thing. If he is not completely and totally 100% medically cleared, he will not play. You you can't mess with that. You've never been able to, uh, but especially now. I mean, of course, there will be heightened scrutiny on it uh, because of that. But no, they, they will... Only play him if he is 100% medically cleared. And if not, he won't play. If not, he won't play. Jason says, the point you made on the show today about even the bad teams are good in the SEC was great. I think Vanderbilt Missouri are the only teams that wouldn't win eight games in the Pac-12. Vanderbilt would be a bold team in the Pac-12, though. Uh, I do think that. I do. Vandy might score two touchdowns, but Vandy's defense is trash probably 42-17 reps, Charlie says. If Arkansas loses to State and BYU, do I think we could see Arkansas unravel the rest of the year with games looming at Auburn and against Ole Miss and LSU? I like Sam Pittman too much to think that uh, he would let a team quote-unquote unravel. But I do think, uh, look, if they lose these next two games, I think it's just a sign of of where the, the current team is and you know, they'll still play hard, but I wouldn't expect much out of them in terms of wins um, moving forward if they lose these next two. If Alabama was playing Ole Miss this weekend, do I think Bryce Young would, without a doubt, play? That's a good question. Um, probably. Um, but I, I do find it funny that people are just buying the, oh, just a little AC joint sprain in his throwing shoulder. Ah, no big deal. He, he's just day-to-day. Like, in a couple of days, he'll be 100%. Like, I expect him to play. Quarterbacks have played with sprained AC joints in their shoulder and, and have played well. So I'm not saying that, like, Bryce Young is done for the year or anything, but the downplaying of a quarterback's throwing shoulder having a sprain in it is funny to me. That. Uh, are we really that blinded by Alabama that when oh he's day to day just sprained his 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 throwing shoulder he's fine he just when he tried to throw he couldn't because it hurt but oh he's fine yeah no big deal okay yeah those things just heal in a day that's for sure especially when you're trying to throw a football and then oh by the way the likelihood of you getting tackled by a 250 to 300 pound man is really high because that's kind of what happens in this game. I mean, even with a sprained shoulder, I'm sure Bryce Young is great, but just everybody just willing to go along with, nah, he's fine. Yeah, no big deal. Just a sprained shoulder. Like, do you hear yourself? When when stuff like that is said, do you hear yourself? Chase says, State, don't read your plus press clippings. Don't be happy with finally playing a good game and don't think about Arkansas's injuries. Can you come out and play another game? Highly executed football. That's And if that answer is yes, it's a phenomenal sign. Because uh, if, if they don't come out and play sharp, Arkansas can still beat them. If they have 140 yards worth of penalties, Arkansas can still beat them. This is not a nobody. You know what I mean? I mean, they're banged up and they're, they're, they're licking their wounds a little bit, but they are still very capable of winning games, including this one. But if State comes out and executes, doesn't turn the football over, cuts those penalties down, 
continues to protect Rodgers the way they did this past weekend. I don't think Arkansas, with a great scheme defensively, has the guys that can that can do it right now against this offense. Yeah, if State gets out to an early lead, Charlie, I agree with you. If they get out to an early lead, you might see a little bit of, of that, a little bit of laying down. I still can't wrap my head around how Missouri could have beaten number one Georgia. They should have. Not could have. They should have. Georgia's vulnerable. I think on the lines of scrimmage, they're not as good or anywhere close to being as good as they were last year. Edward says, I know we're in week six now, but I'm already concerned for the LSU-Ole Miss game. I could just imagine LSU knocking off UT in Florida and then upsetting Ole Miss like the 2014, setting up another overrated LSU-Alabama game. Um. I will say this, and because I'll say this, you know it's going to go the other way. I don't foresee that happening with LSU. I don't. I don't think they're good enough on the line of scrimmage up front on offense. I don't think Daniels is a good enough passer to beat uh, the, the very good teams unless you beat yourself. Ask Mississippi State. But by and large, um, I think LSU is a couple years away yet from being that kind of a team. Just don't believe in them enough offensively. I just don't. She said, I had LSU as my sneak eight or nine win team in the preseason. They're getting better every week. And if they can take any kind of a step in the passing game, they're dangerous. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, can they take a step? I mean, how much better can somebody get in a couple of weeks who's played quarterback for how many years? You know, I mean, they, they were down 17 to nothing against this Auburn team. They couldn't move the football. It took a defensive touchdown and Auburn shooting themselves in the foot to win that game. LSU threw for five yards in the second half and still beat Auburn. Auburn has lost five straight SEC games where they had a double-digit lead. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we did talk about the Tua situation on Thursday of last week. When it happened. Yeah, we talked about it. It was like it happened in real time. So I was a little all over the place. You feel like Tennessee beating LSU would benefit Ole Miss down the line. It would make it would make the game time possibly be at 11. You know, you want that. Memphis Rumble says, can we tamper with uh, Booty and send him to Ole Miss? Herd Lane needs a guy to take the top off. I don't think he'll be at – well, he might be at LSU next year. I feel like he wants out, though. I think it's pretty clear. Chase says, from my perspective, Davis Wade was packed. When the band ran through the stands, the, the horse, we could only fill up the rest of Section 17. When usually we go into the next adjacent sections. Well, it was not, though. That's the thing. I mean, there there was, um, on the visitor side, especially in the upper deck, there was a lot uh, a lot of empty seats for the, uh, for the A&M game, a lot. Um, I was kind of surprised, honestly, at, at how many there were. I don't expect that to be the case this weekend. I have not seen BYU's new uniforms. Let me see. I got to go here soon. Uh, preseason basketball gets started tonight, and I got to watch Zion play for the first time in forever. Let's see. All black. 
That looks good. Yeah, I like those. I like those. Those are. Hear this. It's got this video. Thing. Very weird way to do it. But yeah, I like those. Those look really good. Not the biggest. The, the fade, but that's all right. With Bama's talent, I would give him at least two weeks to somewhat heal so he doesn't immediately re-aggravate it. Uh, I wouldn't play him this weekend. I wouldn't. You don't have to. Got to play him for Tennessee, though. Isn't that who Alabama has next? I should know this. The amount of times I've looked at the helmet schedule, I should know who's on it because I've basically studied that thing. But I guess my uh, knowledge retention is not... Yeah, it's Tennessee next, and then State. Yeah, I would sit him for this one. I uh, would, I would. Bumper Pool could set the Arkansas career tackles record on Saturday. Wow, great name and great player. Jason says you better not sleep on LSU. Brian Kelly has a habit of getting better through the year, going back to when he was at. Yeah, except for in the the biggest games at the end of the season. Chase, uh, who, who's in this field, says the AC joint is on top of the shoulder, so it's a mild sprain really isn't that big of a deal, even on the throwing shoulder. Tender to touch, for sure. Contact is the concern, not him throwing. LSU plays Ole Miss, Jason, on, I think it's Halloween weekend, right? It is, uh, so Ole Miss is Vanderbilt, Auburn at LSU, and yes, that is not Halloween weekend. That's the weekend before. I'll do the watchability rankings. I'll do that Thursday because I really enjoyed that on the show, and, and we haven't done it since because I don't know why. But that is the um, – yeah, we'll do that on Thursday. We'll do a watchability guide on Thursday for sure. Am I on some bourbon? No. No, absolutely not. No. I'm uh, – got sinus stuff just killing me up here, just pressure. Just constant pressure. I'm getting over it, though. I better get over it by uh, by Saturday. So, big weekend. By the way, uh, just keep in mind, this Saturday, I might not be live Saturday. It might be Sunday night. Um, Saturday is my wife's birthday. Happy birthday to her. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to be – I don't think I will be able to do this. We'll see. And I'm going to the Saints game the next morning. So if if you don't hear from me Saturday night, Sunday night will be will be the play this weekend. Why is Auburn Ole Miss at 11? I thought ESPN thought the second or third better SEC games was early on. You want to know why? Because it will draw. That's why. Um, the, the ratings for this past weekend told you that you might as well get used to the 11 a.m. games. The network, absolute, I promise you, they absolutely loved what they saw. They made the right call in terms of maximizing their audience. Ole Miss, Kentucky outdrew at 11 a.m. Auburn, LSU at 6. Um, you're, you're going to see more quality mashups earlier in the day. Of the top four games this past weekend in college football, of the top four games, three of them started in the day. Two were, two were at 11 a.m. noon Eastern. And the other one was 2.30, 3.30 Eastern. 
and one game, which was Clemson NC State at night, started at 6:30 Central. So the early they've found the earlier in the day, um, th- there's less to do. It's it's a similar concept to I, I hear so often people say that the college football playoffs should uh, be on Saturday. That oh well, ratings are bad on the championship game because it's on a Monday. Nope. That is absolutely not true. If they moved it to Saturday, it wouldn't be Saturday night. If they moved it to a Saturday, it would be Saturday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Because on Saturday nights, that's when people have date night. That's when they have parties. That's when they have stuff to do. What do you have to do on Monday night? Nothing. You started a new work week. You're mostly at home. Like Maybe little Timmy's got soccer practice, but you don't have anywhere to be on Monday night. The reason they're starting to move bigger games to earlier in the day is they found that people are going are, are watching them. If you flipped Ole Miss Kentucky and LSU Auburn, LSU Auburn would not have drawn the audience, I don't think, at 11 a.m. that Ole Miss Kentucky did. They made the right call to maximize their audience all day long. They want people from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. watching football and the same amount of people as best they can. Get used to it. It sucks. It sucks for tailgating. It sucks for travel. It sucks for just fun of your day. But the the networks, when they saw this weekend with two noon Eastern games in the top four and three of the top four not being in prime time, they know they're making the right decisions and they're going to keep doing it. So unfortunately, you just got to get used to it. You, you just have to. It sucks. But that's that's what it is. Oh, happy birthday to, to Mrs. Chase on Thursday. I'll try to remember that. Expect Ole Miss to fill it up again versus Auburn with less Auburn fans versus UK. Yeah, I do. I mean, there's only a few hundred tickets left. Uh, if Ole Miss beats Vanderbilt like they should, yeah, it, it'll be maybe not as juiced up because Auburn's going to be – they are bad. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be similar. The, the the crowd will fill the stadium and you just have to plan to pick up your tailgate food after the game instead of before. That's all you have to do. Yes, I do expect Alabama Ole Miss to be at 2.30. I, I think you can essentially guarantee it that weekend. The other games that weekend are Arkansas LSU. If Arkansas keeps losing, that doesn't matter. Georgia Mississippi State might end up being at 11 a.m., Maybe. I mean, it's, it's between those two. If I had to guess, Ole Miss Alabama is 2.30 and Georgia Mississippi State is at 6. Unless that's the doubleheader weekend. If that's the doubleheader weekend with 11 a.m., then that's when State and Georgia will be. I think that's the one. That sucks, but it is what it is. All right, basketball starting. I've... Uh, I've got to go, but uh, don't forget to like the video. Please like the video. I uh, appreciate you guys very much. I will see you Thursday night. We'll do a watchability guide on Thursday night, and uh, see you guys then. Please like the video, subscribe, all that good stuff, and see you on Thursday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.